Welcome to the IBSI News Podcast. I'm Gaia Lamperti, and today we're joined by Monica Eaton Cardone, co-founder and COO at Chargebacks 911, a company dedicated to mitigating chargeback and eliminating fraud in the space. Hello, Monica, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for being here, and hello as well. Lovely. So today we're going to discuss the very urgent issue of gender disparity among startup founders. It has been reported that only 7% of startup founders are female. And in response to this, Monica has been recently launching a micro-mentorship program to empower female entrepreneurs which is called LIFT, Elevating Women in Fintech. So we're going to discuss the space, Monica's journey, and the mentorship. So Monica, maybe we can kick off with your background and how you became a female entrepreneur. Sure. So my background is a little non-traditional, and I fell into payments and technology um, by accident, <laughs> which I think in speaking to many women um, in a similar level, you know, they, they have kind of followed the same unconventional path. Um, I've always loved solving problems and I like being creative with solutions. I discovered very early on that I had an aptitude for um, technology. And it's interestingly, um, at a very young age, as a teenager, so my parents moved around frequently. And at one of the secondary schools that I went to, there were no classes that were available for me to take that I was interested in. The only classes that were available were computer programming classes and, you know, courses that traditionally women wouldn't be interested in. And that included myself. I was interested in fashion. I was interested in economics, home economics, anything except for the, the stereotypical, you know, here's all these computer programmers that are sitting in a garage and they're just nerds. I did not want any part of that. But I ended up taking the class and found this is actually creative. It's artistic. It is like super interesting. And despite, you know, my interest in that, I ended up um, studying art and architecture. Did not finish an education with a diploma in that arena. And instead ended up, you know, joining some amazing companies and being able to actually lean on some of the that I had learned with some of this computer programming and, and technology space. Fasting forward, I've really been an entrepreneur probably from the start. Sold my first business at the age of 19. I didn't have an intention of getting into business and being an entrepreneur or selling anything or doing anything. I just loved solving problems and discovered you know, opportunities to improve something and solve something and you know, one thing leads to another. I've been fortunate in my life to have amazing mentors at a very young age, and that's continued. That has led me to um, get into different veins of businesses. Most recently, and this is related to Chargebacks 911, which is the current business that I'm in, and I've been in for the last decade. So this business started over a decade ago actually as a result of me being a merchant, an online merchant. So I had taken some of the, the acumen that I had developed in my previous careers and my previous businesses, and in 2008, founded an online e-commerce with the vision to compete with eBay. And I was you know, ambitious and looking for you know, different opportunities 
And of course, in 2008, just like anyone, the, the whole world was crashing, it felt like. So I, I thought, you know what, I need to, I want to get back into the workplace and try something new. And it seems everything is going online. So I didn't anticipate how difficult it would be. It was very difficult. I failed my way to success as an online merchant and developed my thought was becoming this marketplace. All that I wanted to do is really become like something similar to eBay. And and I didn't want anything to do with chargebacks or payments or anything like that. But it became an Achilles heel or one of the biggest obstacles for sustained growth. Every time that I thought, you know, we're succeeding and I figured out how to crack the code in, you know, developing a product that will sell in Europe or in Australia, et cetera, then I would get this backlash where I was one step forward, two steps back because I didn't have any understanding of how to manage risk and payment disputes could and how much, you know, revenues they could actually take from a business. And it put my business in tremendous risk to the point that actually I was facing going out of business or solving this problem with chargebacks. So about a decade ago, I decided to bring together a bunch of engineers and we codified. We, we actually looked online for every type of solution that there was to solve this risk management situation that I had. There wasn't anything available. For me, I thought, Every other e-commerce merchant already knows how to solve this. So I'm the only one that is just naive. And clearly everyone knows nobody has a problem with chargebacks because I can't hear about it. I, if I search for the word online, it didn't exist. Um, and so I did what any entrepreneur does. You analyze the problem even more and come up with a solution and you don't give up and you figure out how to solve that problem. And that led to building a technology platform specifically for my own internal use to solve my chargeback problem so I could do what I was most passionate about, which was building this brand around this you know, e-commerce marketplace. And then something fascinating happened. I started getting phone calls from risk managers at the banks that I did business with. And the phone calls were people asking me to help other merchants that were also experiencing the same challenges that I had with chargebacks. Some of these merchants were large enterprise brands. And that is when it hit me that, you know, actually, I think that I should start a company for chargebacks. And now that I've delved in and figured out all of the the issues and I've had firsthand experience, maybe it makes sense to set up something as a consulting arena. And that's how Chargebacks 911 started. It was born out of necessity. And even the name Chargebacks 911 was created for me thinking in the States, 911 means, you know, emergency support. You dial 911 and someone comes to rescue you. This is what I wanted as a merchant. I wanted to call 911 and be rescued from the chargeback hell that I was living in. So I created this website, Chargebacks 911, and it's one of those crazy, crazy stories. Within a matter of weeks, I was contacted by the New York Times and then the Wall Street Journal, and it was very evident with the demand that I discovered and the pain 
that other merchants just like me were feeling because there wasn't a solution for them. Um, that actually I'm going to be build a chargeback platform. And at that point, you know, just a few weeks later, then made a decision to get out of the merchant space, um, sold all of our joint venture arrangements and just decided we're going to build out chargebacks 911 and have this as a, as a solution that's available for merchants. That was in 2011. So it's our 10 year anniversary today. We are now in, uh, we operate in every country. We have locations in Europe, in the States, of course, um, as well as Asia. And we also provide solutions to financial institutions. So we've, we've grown a lot. It's been very, very exciting. Definitely not something that has been easy. And, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much from start to finish. <laughs> Lovely. Well, that's very impressive. And congratulations for the 10th year anniversary. And definitely from, from your journey, we can tell that you've been through up and downs and failures and successes. And I'd like to focus on how much of this depended on you being a woman, whether this applies to you personally or to other women and colleagues you've been talking to. Have you ever faced bias or mistrust? Or did you ever feel like that was an element holding you back from some of the successes and the goals? Yeah, um, 100%. So I have, I have definitely experienced probably um, every flavor of experience of discrimination as being a woman and being in business. Um, and in early age, then it also was age discrimination, <laughs> And you know, I, even when I was 19, I would tell people I was 28 because I realized, you know, it's, there's discrimination just with age and it's not even just being a woman, but it's also all these other factors that enter into people's mind. And they think, you know, traditionally now I can't trust this person because they aren't qualified to fit in this certain box. Um, as I grew and, you know, ventured into more arenas, then one of the first places that I confronted a lot of discrimination actually was in India as well as Costa Rica. So I did business in both of these countries. And that was very early on in my career. I actually discovered that I, I needed to stay focused on what my goal was and having a goal of being respected immediately because I was a woman and you know fighting that battle versus having a goal of doing this deal and getting things across the finish line. And those were two different things. And unfortunately, I couldn't have both. I couldn't say that, you know, I'm the one that is running the show and, and you're going to do business with me. And so that let's get this deal done. I had to, I recognize in order to do business in these countries, then women don't have that level of respect instantly. And I'm going to have to earn it through different avenues. So instead of focusing on that, then I represented myself. I can talk about this now because I have all the confidence, but back then I couldn't. And I literally would represent myself as, you know, I'm an assistant. I'm working for, you know, my boss. This is what I'm doing because I knew I can't actually even say that I'm the owner of this organization because I've already had experience where I'm getting turned down for meetings. And I know that my company is the most qualified 
And I know that it makes the most commercial sense, but I can't get through the door because I'm coming as a woman that owns this business. So I need to look at, all right, my only goal right now is to just get through the door and have a meeting. And that's goal number one. So what is it going to take? And so I did what it took to get a meeting and I humbled myself to get meetings. It hasn't been as easy, <laughs> definitely uh, challenges and upsides, but I think there's, there's a lot of advantages of, of being a woman in business as well. Great. Yeah. Those were very smart business moves, but at the same time, it's, it's painful to listen to, to the story <laughs> for myself. I can only imagine how painful it was for you to, to go through that with focus and a clear strategy in your mind. But I imagine this is one of the reasons that pushed you to start the mentorship program. So maybe if you would like to expand a bit on this new venture and which stakeholders, which groups or organizations are involved? Sure, sure. Um, so the mentorship program Lift was really created um, on the back of you know my own experiences and recognizing the importance of really just having common common input and mentors and leadership. Um, I think just some history on, on our organization. In 2013, we created Paid for Grades, which is similar to a mentorship program uh, for students that are more at risk. And what we had identified, what I explored at the time is how much confidence actually can rob somebody of achieving their true potential. And it's so significant. And I think it's not just students that lack the confidence to continue and excel and set goals for themselves because of whatever you know lack of support that they have in an education system. But as I've grown, then I've recognized more and more the importance that women in their careers as they're expanding also lack that support and they need that support and they need you know someone to build them up and, and help network to connect them to the right contacts. You know, as as I've grown and experienced things and through my own trial and error, um, then it's something that I feel compelled to give back and and help others who may have been in the same boat. There were many times, despite me having amazing mentors in my life, I didn't have a woman mentor. I had men. And it's very different because, you know, I had people that just said, Hey, just work harder, be tougher, have, you know, you can get through this, but it's different when, you know, you have somebody that is, that's a woman and they understand the perspective and they understand, you know, I couldn't, I, I never had a, a shoulder to lean on or somebody to, to actually empathize with what, with how hard maybe certain things were that it was only specifically hard because I was a woman in this situation. But I could never say that. And I could never, you know, I didn't have anybody to talk to on that realm because there's not enough. There's amazing women that do amazing things, but we don't hear enough about these women. We hear a lot about men. And it's just, I think some of this is just the tradition and the culture and the world is getting better, but it's not where it needs to be. Um, so the whole goal of this program is to, to really, you know, provide an olive branch and also connect relationships, create networks, 
and really put, you know, that the power and support so that we can help really the entire world improve. It's a small effort, but hopefully, you know, it's something that will set an example so that others get on board and do things very similar. 100%. Do you have any success story or anecdote you'd like to share today? First, I will say, I know statistically, there's not very many women founders. There's not very many women entrepreneurs. I disagree with that statistic. I think there are so many women founders and so many women entrepreneurs. The problem is they're hiding behind others. And in every organization, there's business units where a woman has led the foundational success of that. There's businesses where you know you see a woman has led that and maybe for whatever reason, they're not taking a stand and taking things forward. That's anyway, one viewpoint. But a specific success story from the Lyft program, this one individual, I had a few conversations with her and she, she called me. We match up um, mentors and mentees as part of the program. And she told me what she's looking for. And it was so eye-opening and so typical for the problems that we need to solve. So she said she's been working at this company for several years. And she does virtually everything at this company. She's, she's manages all of the details. She's really, she cares about the employees and she's the right hand of the owner and founder. She knows that she makes less than her colleagues who also contribute less, but she's so committed and so loyal to the employees that, you know, and she wants to grow in the company. I'm thinking of all of this and I'm thinking, okay, then she's probably going to ask me, how can she make more money? Or she's going to ask me, you know, what can she do to get a better title? Like, this is what I'm expecting. Instead, you know what she asked me? She says, Monica, I just want to know how can I be a better leader? And I really just want to be more like the owner of the company because he doesn't get involved in any of the details. And I realize like, I'm not as good of a manager as he is and he doesn't do this. And I realize I need to improve if I want to be more like him and I have to do this and I have to change myself. And how can I change myself in order to be more like this? And I said, you know, <laughs> this is one of the issues that we have with confidence. I, I don't see that she needs to change herself at all. So in listening to this woman, then I'm getting the vision and the picture that she's built relationships with the, the staff. She understands all the mechanics of how things work. She's on the front line communicating with all of the clients. She's involved with finance. She's involved with everything. And I'm thinking, you know what? You are basically running this entire company. You're building the products. You're working with everybody. Like I was thinking, it sort of feels like she's dealing with some suppression because all of the things that she is doing that are great, she is apologizing for and asking me, how can she change herself to be more like the owner? And I said, you don't have to change yourself to be more like the owner. You're great. You are bringing tremendous quality. We need to really work on what it means to be successful and allow women to, to really realize that and not feel that, you know, we need to conform to something that isn't us. 
Thank you so much for sharing your journey and thank you so much for joining us today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Likewise. Cheers. Bye-bye.